My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Madrasa on A. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to Madrasa on A, Developing Islam in Me. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson and we are joined in studio once again by Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. However, do know that you can send through your questions through to our WhatsApp number as well as our SMS number and the questions will be addressed later in the program inshallah. But for now, I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to do give us the opening for the program as well as giving us a recap as to where we stopped. Do know that this is our first segment being Knowing My Lord. Ever Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon? Fine, alhamdulillah, and Yasmin, and how's yourself? I'm alhamdulillah, Sheikh, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, alhamdulillah, wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'd. Rabbi sharah li sadri wa yasid li amri wa ahlul uqtatan min lisani yafqahu kawli. Allahumma alimna bima yanfa'una wa anfa'ana bima alamtana. Warzukna ilman yadhal jalali wal ikram. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, all thanks and praise is due to Allah always and forever. And love and salam to our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah's mercy descend upon all of us, insha'Allah. And that may we be able to great, great, be granted the barakah and the nur and the rahmah of Allah ta'ala through having to be of the ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillah. Allow us uh, uh, at the beginning of the session to be able to start off with the opening dua. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahmanir rahim. Maliki yawmiddin. Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'een. Ihdina sirata al-mustaqeem. Sirata al-lazina an'amta alayhim. غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين يا رب العالمين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم جئنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعلهم التبسا علينا فنضل يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد, والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله as for the recapping of where we've been um, yesterday, 
uh, and dealing in this segment of knowing my Lord, we were looking at the positives and the negatives of Nabi, of the era of our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Some of those positives that we happened to indicate of the fact that it was the era of uh, the sciences, the era of medicine, the era of information, the era of technology, the era of language, the era of politics. Um, as much as it was that era which is somewhat positive things that was happening and the positive developments in this era that you and I are living in it is also the era of black magic the era of corruption the era of evil the era of injustice of cruelty of power struggles of abortion of wars of greed boast and brag Curses of one another, worshipping false false deities, worldly interest, greed for wealth, and disbelief in Judgment Day, and disbelief the life after death, and there is a great amount of ungratefulness. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. These are the the positives and the negatives that we are living in this era. So it would be healthy to only look at the positives and speak about the positives, but that is not what the, re- the reality is of life. There has been positives in the era of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and there's been negatives in that po- that era. Now the the, the 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 positives that there is is the positives that there has been there from the time of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, or some of them prior to the time of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Um, but the negatives has been there as from the time of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Some of them has disappeared through the process of this message of Islam that came, that brought about a wonderful period that in actual fact people developed in all positivities because of them following the lifestyle of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And the situation prior to the coming of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and in the beginning of his being in this dunya has been called the waqt of jahiliya the era of where man was in depth of ignorance man could not use his brain appropriately man could not come to the process of developing the, the understanding that there must be a lord and we must submit to that lord and he has been creating everything it, it then developed to a jahiliya that became more uncomfort as time went on and the process of jahiliya to follow then so the positivity has been developing slowly the negativity has been increasing much more over time and the powers at play is powers of that which is to be able to bring about what we live today and we see today satanism to create a situation where the world goes into what we call secularism and secularism simply means as man develops in this world of achievements that he gets he goes to the extent of denying Allah the power that belongs to him Subhanak. and which means the very opposite of what is worshipping Allah from the issue of rububiyya of recognizing him in his status that he has we don't need to give it to him it is is but we need to give unto him uluhiyya which is our responsibility through the power 
of Allah's rububiyyah, we see the need for uluhiyyah, and we see the depth and understanding that the only reason why Allah has granted us a day in the life of every day consists of 24 hours exactly, and the sun rises every day and sets every day, and there's every in a period of one day there's a day and a night, and all these things happen simply because it is through a power that is at play to be able to allow you and me to benefit. And there is the thing called seasons as we go on the summer season and the winter season. There is the different climates that we live in. Subhanak, the climates of coolness and coldness and heat and warmth. Subhanak, all those different things, things that Allah has granted. But Allah has granted all the specific reasons so that you and I can come to recognize and see through that the power of the mountains, the beauty of the sky, the extent of the sun, the moon, the stars, the power. We see the greatness and the glory and we use our intellect seeing all these things and we recognize there must be something that has been in charge of all this had ceased to eat running in such perfection that's a fact that's not a possibility that is not a deduction that we don't have that is a fact that proves there must be something like that it only means that we come to submit to the understanding that there is an ilah we see his rububiyyah and because of his rububiyya, we then sub to, submit to his uluhiyya. May Allah grant us to be of those who develop and grow. And in those processes we've seen, and if you looked at certain things, we've gone to the extent of looking at various ayat. In the Holy Quran, we went, went to Surah, surah Al-Haq, Surah 96, from verse 1 to verse 5, we've been to Surah number... Uh, 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 um, uh, surah Naba, Surah 78, from verse to verse, verse Surah 17, we, th- we looked in there, and we came to identify how Allah Ta'ala allow us to understand for you and me to be those people who submit to Allah in His uluhiyyah. You and me need to give the uluhiyyah to Allah that belongs to Allah. Is through us realizing the extent of Allah exposing us to His rububiyyah. May Allah grant us to be able to come to be the people who activate our own minds, who in actual fact become cognizant, become aware, realize these things doesn't just happen. It happens for a very specific reason. And Allah Ta'ala shows us those reasons in the Quran. And you and I, when we come to understand and submit to that, we try to be able to do the best of our uluhiyyah unto Allah, meaning give unto Allah that which belongs to Allah. That commands that when He gives us, we submit to those. When He prevents us, we abstain from. When He advises us, we take to that advice to the best of our ability. And when He, in actual fact, uh, uh, allows us to be able to enjoy, we appreciate and we show thanks and appreciation at all times. May Allah grant us to be worthy of that and be worthy of those people who be those people who honor Allah and grant Him the rights and the position that Allah will have. May Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us, inshallah. Um, that, that was what brought us to, to, to where we are yesterday and, and we ended up with, with those verses in, in Surah Naba. Um, Surah number 78 
verses 1 to 17 that we've looked at, at how Allah deals with that. From there onwards, uh, um, I, I was just using that as an introductory process to let us understand how Allah deals with us in this era, this ummah, reminding us of the various favors of Allah, reminding us of the positivities that there is, reminding us of the negativities. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And as we go along, those things that I've mentioned as the positivities, you'll see these things has been mentioned by Allah. As we go along, we'll see the negativities, and Allah has mentioned this, and every time Allah uses the positive as the negativities that has been present in our era, has been developing in various aspects, all of them Allah uses to be able to remind us constantly of who we are, how fortunate we are, and how much have we been granted, and whether we are ready to submit to Allah. That's the basic message of Allah through the powers that Allah has and through our intellectual abilities that Allah has given us, hoping us to develop and grow to that standard where we can actually fulfill our responsibility to that which is the possibilities of having to develop as a righteous Muslim. Alhamdulillah, may Allah grant us to be of those people. Allahumma ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Amen. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And this is where we are going to be starting off and continuing as to where we stopped yesterday. And this is in our segment, Knowing My Lord. For now, I hand back over to Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in studio to continue. Sheikh, Tafatno. Shukran. Jazakallah khair for that one, Auntie Yasmina. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshallah. Shukran. Jazakallah khair. Um, as, for, as for where we've stopped, we were looking at the process of having to speak about what comes with the ayah that follows in that surah that we've done in surah 78 surah naba um we, we we've indicated until the process from surah 1 to surah 17 was that of having to look at the process of where allah tells us it simply comes from the point of the question is there such a thing as yawm al-qiyamah to the question, to the point of Allah stating to us, in Fasliqa It is and it definitely has a very specific moment in time by Allah Ta'ala. It means it's gonna happen, there's no doubt about it. There's no but Allah Ta'ala has in that seventeen ayat given us exposure to things that Allah has created, that is reality as we said. And that reality is supposed to be able to bring to us to the extent extent of realizing if Allah is the one who's created all those realities, then if Allah informs us and we don't know better, and we will never know better, no matter how much knowledge we come to have, the best way to take it is from He who's created us, and we submit to Him the Creator, and we recognize He tells us, and He wishes to inform us, form us, about our night and our day and our mornings and and the 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 the, the, the point for sleeping and the point for for, for using the day for for ibadah. And He wants to show us the mountains and the skies, and He wants us to realize the value of the of the water that falls from the sky and the benefits that it brings to humanity and to all creation. When Allah, all this, all this, He says, so if I am the one, if He, Allah, is the one that has an actual fact, has done all this and given you all that, and you and I don't even have a hand or a say in the fact that the day becomes day, or the skies gives us water, 
or the sun rises in the morning or it becomes the night the day uh, the, the next day or that you don't even know whether you will be healthy or strong tomorrow or will be the next day or, or what's gonna happen to you in your life you and I don't have any say but we can still question when Allah informs us about the fact that there's such a thing as Jahannam or there is going to be Yawm Al-Qiyamah is he not in charge of everything? did he not create everything? is he not the one who serves everything? is he not the one who is uh, uh, the, 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 the one who actually feeds everything whatever their needs are? So do you think you have the right to be able to just put your own view or your limited, your extreme limited view? You know almost nothing and you still have a thinking of a view that you believe that you are better and you are more, more righteous? And he, the one who's created it all, who's given to you everything, he informs you because he wants you to become more cognizant, become more aware. He wants you to realize how fortunate you are to have a Lord that cares for you, that gives you so much information. And the best information you can have is that which he gives you. And then he shows you what's going to happen. And he says, it is a reality, it's a fact, it's going to be very specific at the moment, but nobody knows when. That belongs to Allah. But isn't it when you look at the realities around you, and you see this night and day, and you see the mountains, and you see the seas, and you see the sky, and the the, the, the the, the, the sun and the moon and the stars when you look at all these things and you see these as realities don't you believe that there's more realities that you don't know of isn't it a process of delving into understanding that you come to realize there is fishes in the sea but there's also plantations of different uh, 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 different forms of plants in the sea and at the same time there's different forms of uh, um, uh, 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 minerals that's in the sea isn't there also things in the sky that you don't know of that you did not know that it is through the process of time that you came to see this that and the other and you always 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 come to the sense of amazement Wow, look at this, look at this extend, wow, see what's happening. And every time you amaze yourself, if this is reality that you amaze yourself with, if he is the creator of all these things that amazes you, that you come to realize every moment, every amazement says to you, you still don't know. If this you didn't, if what you are amazing yourself with, you did not know it, you were actually ignorant of it isn't there many more things that you don't know so who best can inform you if he is the creator of all so you need to admit to him as being the creator and recognize he's the best to educate you he's the best to expose you he's the best to imp imp uh, sort of give you more than what you do not know so he informs us and he says to us, but this is what he's been doing all the time to humanity.
for humanity. Their, their nature is that they judge on what they see, what is around them. But at the same time, if they use their intellect appropriately, they will draw conclusions and say, there's such perfection in creation that at certain seasons there is flowers on the trees. And after a period, after the flowers has been there, so from, the ex from the very fact that that flower has been there, comes in a fruit. Then at certain times, those fruit becomes developed to the extent they fulfill the process as fruit and they get to the markets and you and I enjoy them as very specific in its time to feed a period. At the time of the flower is at a certain period and the result of the fruit happens or the beginning of the fruit at a certain time. The fruition of that fruit to its full and to be ready to be able to, to be eaten gets to the markets at a time when the body needs it the most. And it's the best in that season to feed us with so that we can be healthy and strong and deal with the issues of what life meets up with us. Subhanak. And you and I find it so uncomfortable, also so strange to see when we look at it. Certain fruit would be more in certain areas than other areas. And because the climates are so different, the life will feed them differently, will treat them differently. So the fruit will be best for them at that period when Allah allows it to come to them. Allahu Akbar. And when we see all this, what conclusion do we draw? If there is this extent of precision in creation, did it fall from the sky, just landed, and it's there? Just doing all these things is just happening. If if the sun rises every day to be able to see that it gives light and life to earth and allows everything to grow, it, it gives quality and value to life to everything in our lives. Isn't there reason for appreciation? Don't we come to realize that there must be somebody who's given this power to it all? Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah Above us in dreams Above us in our own thoughts So Allah is the one who has always reminded man To be able to guide him to the extent Of having to know that there is an ilah That deserves to be worshipped And may Allah grant us to be of those people who worship Allah So after having to give to us in the first few verses in, from verse 1 to verse 17 Allah says to us then Allah goes to the next verse and Allah says so now Allah informs us and after all the explanation Allah says to us uh, Allah says and that day somebody will be blowing a trumpet and Allah also informs us that we will then return back unto Allah in groups of people Allahu Akbar so um, this is all unseen we, we, we don't know this but the very fact that Allah is saying this to us 
the creator of it all, which told us about the sun and the moon and the stars and the days and the nights and the climates and the, the seasons and all that. And the fact that the earth is in its format and having a, sun, a, a north and a south and all these different things. And, and we, we recognize those today. Don't we then see if he says to us, somebody will be blowing a trumpet, it is going to happen. And if he says to us that we will return unto him afwaja in groups, that it's going to happen, it's a reality. Subhanak, illa billah. Then Allah goes over to وَسُيِّرَةِ الْجِبَادِ فَكَانَتْ سَرَابًا Allah informs us more things that is unseen. He says, وَسُيِّرَةِ الْجِبَالِ And the mountains shall be moved away from their places and they will be as they were a mirage. Now, we will see solid, firm mountains around us and the mountains will go away and it will either drop into the earth again as some described it, it will float around like clouds on, in the sky. At certain other places, it will, it, it will have different formats as described by Allah Ta'ala. But the mountains will be removed and suddenly we'll see the earth as a single land. All of them, they will not be the highways and the byways or the highlands and the lowlands. It will all be, all be one land as Allah described it. Subhanak. Shukran so much uh, they Sheikh giving us a vivid explanation as to what Allah describes within the Holy Quran. We are still by our very first segment being knowing my Lord and yeah I'm going to be handing over right back to Sheikh to continue as to where we stop just before the ad break. Sheikh Tafadal. Shukran Jazakallah khair for that one Auntie Yasmina. Um, we are in Surah Naba. We are busy with verses number 18 onwards um, to be able to look at that which Allah wants us to understand of the fact when Allah deals with us, how do we need to live as Muslims and how we need to look at things. Allah then goes further and Allah says to us, وَفُتِحَتِ السَّمَاءُ فَكَانَتْ And that day, besides the fact that the, uh, the, the mountains, were, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the, the sama will, will open up and it will appear like doors, Allah Ta'ala says. The, the mountains will be like vast gates or doors that people will move into, or things will be moved through there. And the mountains shall be removed away from the places that they are. Then Allah Ta'ala, now those are, uh, so what we've seen at the in, in the very beginning, the question of the fact that there's Yawm al Qiyamah. Then there is the statements that Allah proved to us of the realities that exist in, in our life that we see that secondly and then Allah goes to the statement in Najahad Allah says in al Fasli that it is a reality, it will happen. That's two verse number seventeen. Then from there onwards Allah goes over to the aspect of saying what is the things that's gonna happen that is part of the unseen that you don't know. But Allah informs us about them. And so we've seen the process of the fact that Allah says to us, that there's gonna be something that's somebody who's gonna blow a trumpet. Uh and we're going to come back to Allah in the format of groups and as, 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 as we will move, says Allah And then the mount, the, the, the Sama will open up and there will be like gates of 
passages that man will move through or that people or things will move through there. And then Allah tells us it goes further than that. Allah says, So these are all unseen realities that's still going to happen. Remember, we know certain amount of information. So Allah tells us of the things that happens in our presence, but that is not all these also things that you don't know of. Let me also inform you of that. And then Allah says, so if those are all realities which I tell you of, so much and no less is the reality of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. So, إِنَّ يَوْمَ الْفَصْلِ كَانَ مِقَاتَ was the reality of the fact of Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Allah told us what was of the things that's going to happen in Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ كَانَتْ Verily, Jahannam is a place of ambush to humanity. Na'udhu Billah, may Allah tell protect for all of us, insha'Allah, the uncomfort of Jahannam. For ya, Allah Ta'ala doesn't wish for anybody Jahannam. Allah wish for us to enter into Jannah. If you and I are ready, that want to be of the people of, Jab- of Jannah and want to be obedient to Allah and His Messenger, may Allah grant us to be amongst those people. Amin Ya Rabbal Alameen. Um, but Allah Ta'ala makes that statement as the reason because Allah wants us to understand the issue of discussion is the fact is there such a thing as Yawm Al-Qiyamah? So Allah wants to make it clear it's a reality, it's a fact and, ja- and the Akhirah has got two abodes only. There's no third abode in the Akhirah. There's the one abode called the abode of that which is Jannah, the, the abode of success and then the other one is called the abode of Jahannam and that is the abode, the abode of where you find all the uncomforts in it. Those are all realities because it deals with the issue of Jahannam, of, of, of Akhirah, meaning you're going to stand up and meet your Lord in the hereafter. But the issue of the hereafter is all about the reward and reward righteously for your righteous deeds and your submission to your Lord and reward negatively for your negative actions and the fact that you've been negative in your approach. May Allah protect and grant us not to be amongst Him and grant us to be of those who are going to be finding our path to Allah's Jannah through the way we live and submission to Allah Ta'ala, inshaAllah. Now Allah Ta'ala, after Allah says, إِنَّ جَهَنَّمَ كَانَتْ مِرْصَادًا that really the, the, the Jahannam is a place of ambush. That, that Allah says then in the next verse to us, it's a dwelling place for the Taghin, those who transgress the bounties of Allah Ta'ala, or the boundaries that Allah has put down, or the limits that Allah has put down. Um, like the people who disbelieve, like the people who um, are, the, are, are, are people of rejection of Allah Ta'ala, like the people who don't want to accept the, un- the unity of Allah Ta'ala in itself, the oneness of Allah, like the hypocrites who give him impression that they are Muslims and they, they live a lifestyle opposite to that, na'udhu billah, like those people who keep on doing sin and disobedient and don't admit to Allah Ta'ala, may Allah protect us all of from those things, insha'Allah. Allah says, لِلْطَاغِينَ مَآبًا And then Allah says thereafter, لَا بِثِينَ فِيهَا أَحْقَابًا They will abide therein for ages, for lifelong time, Ya Rabb. The, 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 abode, the abode of Jannah, 
is an abode when you enter in, you remain therein forever. And those people who are the people who is transgressing, when they enter Jahannam, they will remain therein forever. Now may Allah protect us from Jahannam and grant us to be of the people of Jannah. But there is a state in between that we're going to deal with later on by having to show to us when a person has entered Jannah, there's no return from Jannah. This Jannah is an abode that you remain in and it's positivity forever. But Jahannam is an abode that is unfortunately for those people who's been disobedient and for those people whom Allah tells us prepare to forgive that they will enter in initially but when they're in there Allah will pardon them and forgive them and take them out there and grant them the enter Jannah and when they enter Jannah then there will be no return out of the Jannah may Allah grant us to be of those but may Allah not grant us to be of the people of the fire of Jahannam Ameen Ya Rabbil Ameen Sheikh Tafaddal Shukran Jazakallah for that one Auntie Yasmina in, in our discussion, we were looking at the way Allah deals with the issue of allowing us to understand the, the reality of Yawm Al-Qiyamah and the fact that you and I need to be able to believe in Yawm Al-Qiyamah and how Allah goes about to explain to the people that whom this Qur'an has been sent to how does Allah bring them to come to contentment and they have to look at the processes so Allah says to us that those people will stay in the, the purpose for the creation of the Jahannam is for those people who oppress or uh, those people who read, uh, transgress the, brown, the bounties and the, the, the limits of Allah Ta'ala may Allah grant us not to be of them and then Allah says those people will stay therein forever now, now, as we said, Allah wants to give us more information. The, the crux is, is there such a thing as Yawm Al-Qiyamah? So letting us understand that it's not just only Yawm Al-Qiyamah, there is going to be a Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Also the purpose and what will be the effects of that Yawm Al-Qiyamah. So Allah Ta'ala says, لَا يَذُوكُونَ فِيهَا بَرْدَوْ وَلَا شَرَابًا Those people who will enter into the fire of Jahannam that will remain therein forever. Those people who will enter into the negative re- re- reward who have chosen negativity in this dunya so that they, those are the people لَا يَذُوكُونَ فِيهَا بَرْدَوْ وَلَا شَرَابًا They will not be given the opportunity of having to enjoy something that is cool, that brings contentment, that's something that is as, 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 as refreshing as lovely water when you feel thirsty. Now, because of the fact that we are thirsty in this world from time to time and we want something to drink, and those are what in the refreshment, for that matter, if I felt thirsty, then suddenly after I've had it I feel so refreshed and I feel so good about it so Allah uses that that because these are the real, real feelings Allah says but that is not the only reality of the earth 
It's also going to be the reality in the year after, especially in Jahannam, and there will be nothing for those people to feel refreshment from. They will not be able to feel contented and easy often having to feel that thirst. So the feeling of thirst is also a reality that Allah speaks. That you meet with it today in this world, it's not a feeling for this world only. It will also come to fruition in the year after, and you will also use that feeling will come back to you, that sense of emotion that you have for to quench your thirst is going to be a need. But there's, for those people who's going to be disobedient, when they enter that place called Jahannam, there will be no form of drinking for them. Then Allah makes an exception. Allah says to them, There will not be something for them that is good quality of something to drink, good things to drink. Neither is it going to be something cold. Allah says, Except for boiling water, it will be boiling hot. Whatever they're going to be drink, be drinking, will not be something to cool them. Instead, it's going to add. It's going to be what if there's going to be heat in Jannah, in in Jahannam, then this is going to add further more boiling factors to that. And it will not be in only a fluid that is hot, boiling hot, but it's a fluid that's going to be filth and dirt, something that's going to be discharge of the, 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 the bodies of others and of your own wounds and of your own body. And it's going to stink and it's going to be uncomfortable. And this is the way Allah describes it. Now remember, you and I don't know this. We almost question, is it true? Yes or no? But Allah tells us is, I told you of your sun and of your moon and of the, the things around you and I showed you how you came to realize. So shouldn't this consolidate the fact that these are realities? If Allah says this, the one who has created the sun and the moon and the climates and the, and, and the stars and the, 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 the mountains and the seas and all this. So subhanak la hawla wa la illa billah. Allah makes a statement. Except for they will, when they have that emotion of, of a feeling of thirsting, thirst and hunger, and thirst especially, then unfortunately there will be nothing for them to enjoy as coolness. To say, I had a lovely cool, I, I was feeling thirsty and I had a lovely drink. There will be, won't be anything of that. The thing that they would want to drink, and the, the drinking is all going to be boiling hot but the fluid that it is Allah describes it to be the ghassaq means it's dirty it's filthy it's stinking it will be discharges from other things and and, and even if you don't want it you'll be feeding the thirst and unfortunately you're gonna have it Billah. may Allah protect but Allah puts it at this this Allowing our minds to realize. It's all about speaking to us, speaking to our minds, speaking to us to realize who we are and what we've done. And then Allah goes to the next sentence and says, Jaza'a It will be a recompense, a reward that will be exactly like we've done in our life, according to what we've done. Which means, if we've done positivity, it will be reward equal to that positivity. 
if it's going to be a reward for our negativities, then you cannot expect to get a positive reward for a negative action. We and you and I know that nature, the nature of life is, come, uh, uh, um, as they say in English, the, 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 the output is valued at the input, isn't it? If you, if you put in, if you put in something that's positive, you can only get the output, the reward thereafter to be positive. Which means, if you do something positive, the results of that will only bring positivity. And if you do something negative, you cannot expect them to be able to get from your negativity, positivity to be the reward. So it's all about us to be able to fathom and to think and to realize who we are, where do we fit into these things? May Allah open the path for all of us that we develop to positivity instead of negativity. Amen. Amen. We are now moving along to our second segment, which is I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. Before we continue in terms of our second segment, Sheikh, here is a question that came through, and this is something in which we dealt with uh, in our madrasa, the Hajj edition of that. And this uh, question writes Asalaamu Alaikum, if one is not on Hajj, can one recite Allahumma Labaik at home? Shukran, Sheikh. Shukran for the Jazakallah for that question, Auntie Yasmina. The, the, the person says, Can we recite uh, these words? Labaik Allahumma Labaik at home when you're not on Hajj. Yes, it can be recited anyway, right? Um, but, but obviously, um, when you read some, recite something and you understand what you recite, you would know that it has got certain qualities that needs to be done. So, um, most probably if I can just uh, bring to us using something else to let us understand, the words uh, um, that we normally recite in the Eid periods that goes such as, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. We call that takbir. Can we recite that takbir any time during the year? Or is it only to be recited at that time? No, yes, the answer is you can recite these things anywhere, anytime, all places. Except for it has a specific at, or at a specific time in life, it has got more value. Example, the takbir, according to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, can be recited in our nights and our days, in all our ibadat, at all our time. We recite, we recite the takbir. Takbiratul ihram is a takbir. Takbiratul intiqal is a takbir. And there's so many times we need to do takbir, right? So just to say Allahu Akbar is takbir. So... But it has got so much more value, says the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa in the days of Eid. There is no ibadah greater in the days of Eid in, ver- in verbal ibadah, that something that you say, then do the takbir. And there is no greater ibadah in action in the days of Eid than slaughtering a sheep. So here the Nabi shows us, at a specific time, specific actions or specific words becomes more valuable. And this is really what it is. More so with the words of Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik. It is words that you can use anytime. But the meaning thereof speaks to a person who is responding to a question or responds to a, to a, 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 to a call. 
Now, such a call is the calling of the Adhan for that matter, which is a calling. And when the calling of Adhan of the Hajj is also a Adhan, and that calling is the response. The response for that calling is to say, Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik. When you enter into the intention for Ihram, you then say, Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik, because that is the word that the Nabi has used to be able to show that you recognize that you're responding to the call of Allah, hoping that you understand, and you're responding with your in, not with word only, but with an action. So if you feel the Adhan is going, and you just finished the Adhan is complete, and the You've recited your dua after the adhan and you're on your way to the masjid and you, you can say labbaik allahumma labbaik oh allah i'm answering your pay i'm here to respond to thee and you know what you're saying in this nothing wrong in saying that most probably had you still will be rewarded for the fact that what you are saying so it can be said but we must understand it's been sent to us to be able to use at a very specific time in a very specific place. If you understand what you say and you know and you recognize and you want to use it for that purpose, then it's good to say that. But let's listen to a hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he says, Whenever you and I as a slave of Allah says, Ya Rabb, O Allah, O my Lord, immediately when Allah hears you say that once, only once, only you and I say this once. Immediately Allah says, Labbaika ya abdi, at your service my slave. What can I do for you? What, what, what is your needs? What is your worry? Subhanak. So Allah says to us, Labbaik, meaning I'm ready. What can I do? What is it? What is it you're calling? What's you? Allah says to us when we call Allah, and when Allah calls us, are we prepared to do the Labbaik? Meaning, are we prepared to admit to the, 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 the request of our Lord or the calling of our Lord and want to respond? May Allah grant us to be able to understand and to implement to the best of our abilities. Ameen, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. I hope that that has answered the question. There is no further questions coming through. However, you can still send them through. But it's only going to be topics that is relating to what it is that we are going to be speaking about. If it is a topic in which we have covered prior, then you can send that through as well. But for now, we are heading into I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. And yes, Sheikh will be giving us a recap as to where we stopped yesterday. Sheikh Tafadol. Shukran, Jazakallah khair for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Um, yesterday when we looked at our topic of Salah, we went into the ayat of Allah as to how Allah deals with, as we see in the scholars' guides, as to the approach to Salah and the, the various topic, the various ayat that Allah revealed to us of that Salah in our life. And we saw this, how the, especially with reference to the various Anbiya and how Allah Ta'ala has made this thing Salah being something that is to the benefit of man. We've looked through the process of that and how the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, uh, I mean, and how the, the, the Muslims up till our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was the issue of Salah that was applied to all of them and how it developed through them. Um, and our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa especially and how you and I need to be able to see that you and I need to apply that salah in our life. May Allah grant us to be of those people who strive to be able to be appreciative of Allah and strive to be able to work towards the understanding of salah in our life. May Allah grant khair and barakah in the lives of all of us, insha'Allah. Um, 
that is generally what we went through in those, the, in those, in the, those lessons of yesterday. We are going forward further than that, inshallah, hoping to be able to look at the processes of salah in its status and position that it holds in life for the, for the, for the ummah, inshallah. Now, you and I do know that there is five salah in our life. That is compulsory. Five salah that is compulsory that we must be perform. It's, it's compulsory five salahs per day. We mean every day these five salahs that is compulsory that you and I need to respond to, to Allah and we need to perform that salah, right? The various salahs that there is, it's the salahs is the salah of Dhuhr, the salah of Asr, the salah of Maghrib, the salah of Aisha, the Salah of Fajr, those are the five Salahs that there is, right? Um, now, the Salah of Dhur is the Midday Salah, right? Or the Noon Salah. Then there is the Salah of Asr, which is the Afternoon Salah. Then there is the Salah of Maghrib, it is the Sunset Salah. The word Maghrib comes from Guru, comes from uh, comes from the word, uh, the, 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 the setting of the sun at that moment, right? Or just not long after the setting of the sun, then that is the Maghrib Salah. And then the word Aisha is for evening. And, and that's the evening Salah, um, or the night Salah. And then the other one is called Fajr. Fajr is the dawn Salah, because what Fajr means dawn. Uh, uh, um, or morning salah. May Allah open the path for all of us that we understand we understand those salawat, inshaAllah. Um, in a hadith, Anas ibn Malik says, the salah were made obligatory on the night of Laylatul Qadr. Uh, on the night of Laylatul Mi'raj of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they were set at, at 50. They were set by Allah to be 50 salawat, salawat that we had to do. They were continually reduced until they reached the total of five. Now that, that happened as the hadith ha- tells us, some other hadith tells us of Nabi Musa informing the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that that total of 50 salat per, uh, for this ummah would be too uncomfortable, too unbearable, too difficult for us to carry out. And so Nabi Musa instructed the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go back to Allah ta'ala and to beg of Allah to eat, to lighten it. And, Nabi, and Allah ta'ala went to, and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa returned to Allah ta'ala over so many occasions, continuously saying, it is too difficult if Allah can make it easier for the ummah. And it happened that Allah reduced it up to the total of five. So it means from a total of 50 to a total of five. Then it was called out. After, the, after it was reached to a level of, of five, there was a calling, and the calling said, O oh Muhammad, reference to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the statement has not been replaced. Meaning, if we've made this, oblig- this obligatory the night of uh, the salah, it was set at 50, it will not be replaced, which means it is still going to be 50 to me. Me to me, Allah Allah Ta'ala was made, it was seated at 50, I will still keep it at 50, even though I considered your request to take it down to 5. For those who, whose 5 prayers, they perform it, they will get the reward of 50 
because of them fulfilling those five prayers. I hand back over to Sheikh to continue where we stopped just before the ad break, and that was on Salah. Sheikh Tafatno. Shukran Jazakallah for that one. We were speaking of the hadith of Anas ibn Malik when he said that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the prayers were made obligatory on the night of Laylatul Mi'raj, and they were set at a total of 50. They were continually reduced by Allah until it reached a total of five as in the process of what you and I need to do. At that moment, after it was came to a total of five, sorry for that one, then it was called out, O Messenger of Allah, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the statement of being set at 50 has not been replaced to me. Which means Allah has not seen it as a replacement. For those who whose five prayers will who does the five daily prayers, they will be given, will be rewarded the total of fifty. Subhanakallah. May Allah seek from all of us and grant us to be of those people who develop insha'Allah. Um, another hadith of Talha ibn Ubaidullah. He said that a Bedouin came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with this heveled hair. Came to the Messenger of Allah and said, O Messenger of Allah, inform me as to what Allah has obligated of the prayers. Meaning, tell me what has Allah made fart of the, 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 the salah. Salawat. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa prayed the five daily prayers. Unless you also do some voluntary. Meaning, Allah's made five of them obligatory for you, five of the uh, uh, obligated, those five salawat. But if you feel you want to do some of the voluntary ones, then you can do some of the voluntary ones as well. Now, the voluntary is what we call the the sunnah, the sunnah salah, right? Uh, um, and so there's various forms of sunnah salah, which we'll be doing a bit later, inshallah. But for now, just the understanding that it was the advice of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa to this Bedouin when he asked, what did Allah, what did Allah make obligatory of that thing called salah, right? Inform me, he said, inform me as to what Allah has obligated of the prayers, of the salah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi replied and answered, the five daily prayers, unless you feel you also do some voluntary. May Allah grant us khair and barakah and make us of those people who understand that these are the things that Allah has made fart, made a necessity, and you and I need to strive to see that we be obedient to Allah by having to carry out those things which Allah has made obligatory. Fart upon all of us. Ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Okay, and now we go to the other aspect. It's called its place in the religion. How do we see Salah in what place does it take in, in, in religion? Um, Abdullah ibn Umar, the son of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, may Allah be pleased with both of them, narrated that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Islam is built upon five pillars. Islam consists of five major pillars that is compulsory that needs to be executed and to be carried out, testifying that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah. That's the first one we need to testify that Allah, that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah. 
We secondly need to establish the salah. That's the second fart that this deen is built on. The third one is giving the zakah. And the fourth one is making the, the pilgrimage in this hadith. It says making the pilgrimage to the house. And the fifth one, the fasting of the month of Ramadan. So um, there's various uh, hadith of this nature. And this one, it shows us that the five major pillars of Islam are those five, as we've mentioned at them. It's mentioned in the hadith of Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar. Um, he said that the Nabi sallallahu said to us, Islam is built upon five, testifying that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and that, that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. That's the first one. Second one is establishing the prayer. The third one is giving the zakah. The fourth one is performing the pilgrimage. The fifth one in this hadith says to us, it's about fasting the month of Ramadan. May Allah grant us to be able to recognize where we are and who we are and strive to be the best of who we can probably be in the presence of Allah. May Allah open the path and grant us khair and barakah for those issues, inshaAllah. We don't then go over to the ruling concerning one who does not pray. If somebody does not perform salah, what is the ruling according to Islam? The Muslims are an they are in agreement that if one denies the obligation of prayer, he has committed disbelief. He has gone to the sense of kufr, which means a person who does not perform salah, uh, who does not, or, or, or he denies the obligation of prayer, he says it's not fart, uh, he makes an issue about the fact that salah is not really part, then that person has gone to the extent of of kufr, right? May Allah protect. And has left the fold of Islam. He chose to have left the fold of Islam, right? That is how dangerous the situation is. The scholars somewhat differ about one who, has, who does not pray. Now, we see the one who, who, who denies it is one who goes against the ruling, while the ruling is very, very clear. The other one is somebody who is he, he does not deny the ruling, but he himself is very negligent in the way he performs his salah, right? So they differ about this person, about the one who does not pray, while believing that it is obligatory. He believes it is obligatory, I must pray, it's a necessity, but he is negligent, he is careless, right? The cause of this difference of opinion is the fact that in some hadith, the messenger of Allah called the one who abandoned the prayer a disbeliever. Without distinguishing between the one who denied the prayer and the one who was simply lackadaisical. Jabir radiallahu anhu narrated that the messenger of Allah said between a man and shirk and disbelief and kufr is abandoning the prayer. Meaning, a person who abandons the prayer, he is somebody that is not a Muslim, and he is the one that is the person who leans to kufr, he leans to disbelief. Buraida narrated that the Prophet also said, the covenant that is between us and them, the disbelievers, is the prayer. Meaning the covenant that we, you and I, live by in submission to Allah as, as the difference between who we are and who the non-believers are 
is the fact that those people who call themselves the believers, their covenant to prove that they are fulfilling what they must be doing is that they are holding fast to performing their salah on time every day. In, in the hadith it says, whoever abandons it has committed an act of disbelief. Whoever abandons it, meaning, yeah, in this hadith we see, if you neglect it, then you have created a sense of this, an act of disbelief, and you're not a disbeliever yourself. So you've done the act of disbelief, not necessarily that you're considered to be a disbeliever. That is if you don't do it. But if a person stands up and raises his voice against the law of Allah by saying no it is not and he puts his opinion forth and it's not a fart and this that and the other then unfortunately those people are considered to be a person that person as, as a disbeliever because he goes against the law but the person who is negligent is he's just doing the act of unbelief. May Allah protect all of us and grant us insight and make of those people who's going to strive to want to fulfill things for the sake of, uh, of Allah. However, the strongest of the opinions of the scholars is that what is meant by kufr, here is a lesser kufr that does not make one out of the, take, take one out of the fold of Islam. This conclusion is made in order to reconcile the meaning of the above hadith with the other hadith, such as the following. Allah this and exalted be he has pres- uh, prescribed five prayers upon his servants. Whoever performs them without missing anyone, anything out of belittling the rights has the promise of Allah that he will enter him into Jannah. And whosoever does not perform them has no promise from Allah. He may either punish him, Allah may either punish that person, or he may forgive him. And it just choose, Allah can choose. That's to us in a hadith in Sahih. Or among these Sahih hadith. Um, since the Prophet said above, said the above, the issue of he who does not perform them is up to Allah. We know that leaving the prayer is something less than disbelief and associating prayers with Allah and associating partners with Allah. This is because Allah has said, In Allah la yaghfiru ayyushraka bihi wa yaghfiru ma duna dhalika limayyasha. Allah says to us in Surah An-Nisa, um, surah number four, verily Allah forgives not those that pardons, that uh, those forgives not that partners should be set up with him in worship. But he forgives anything else to whom he pleases. Subhanak. Um, in this verse, Allah indicates very clearly that Allah is prepared uh, does not forgive the person who do shirk. Now, shirk would means you've doing kufr, you're going against Allah. So if a person has been negligent, the person is not necessarily being a kafir, but if you deny it, as if say you, you deny it, then unfortunately you've chosen to be able to be a person who uh, goes for kufr. May Allah protect, but a person who's negligent in salah, that one is considered to be 
um, kufrun duna. Kufr in Arabic is a, a, a means of shirk less than the shirk of kufr. May Allah protect us, all of us and grant us to be able to be of those who strive to carry out the advice of Allah and his to the best of our abilities. Allahumma amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Abu Huraira reported that the Messenger of Allah says, The first deeds for which the Muslim servant of Allah will be held accountable on the Day of Judgment will be the obligatory prayer. If he fulfilled them, he will have prospered and been successful. But if not, it will be said, See if you have any voluntary prayers with which may be completed that which was wanting in his obligatory prayers then the rest of his obligatory deeds will be judged in like fashion what is meant by this hadith in this hadith abu huraira mentions to us that the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says when it comes to the day of judgment and the person will be judged the first act of his, his judgment will be on his the, the obligatory prayers, which means the first salah that the person had to do. If for that matter, the person is going to be successful as we, as we fold it, then the person will be successful and he will be, pro, he will be a person that has prospered, meaning he's benefited from the, the act of his salah, and he will be considered to be a righteous person because of that. But if he did not, it will be said, see if that person has any Sunnah Salah or of voluntary Salah. If he has any voluntary Sunnah Salah that he has done and done so in righteousness, then Allah might use it to replace that space for the compulsory Salah. May Allah open the path for all of us. And may Allah grant khair and barakah. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, in the words of Abu Rayyad, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to us, then the rest of the person's ibadah, yawm al-qiyamah, will be judged as the salah has been judged. Meaning, if the person was negligent in his salah, then it will, and, and his, his salah was treated in the sense of um, uh, carelessness, then Allah will judge Yawm Al-Qiyamah, His action in a form of carelessness to that. Allah won't take need of those things and wasn't, wouldn't be treated in a sense of respect and honor. But if He has given honor and dignity to His Salah and spent His time in Salah with Allah and commitment with Allah, then and that has been judged and this come through as positivity, then most probably Allah will use it as a means for positivity for the rest of his ibadat. May Allah grant khair and barakat of all of us that we understand where do we fit into these processes and make use of it to the best of our uh, abilities, inshallah. In another hadith, Hudayfa ibn Yaman narrated that the Messenger of Allah said, Islam will be effaced. In the same way that the colors of a garment fade away. To the point that the fast, prayer, pilgrimage and charity will not be known and the book of Allah will be taken up in the night and not one verse of it will be left on earth. A group of people will be left, all men and women, they will say, we found our fathers upon this statement, meaning we found people doing these things, and what will it say? 
that these will be the following ones that will come after the break, inshallah. We are now going to be looking at some of the questions that has come through and some of the questions in which he's going to be addressing, inshallah. So for for the questions that came through, Sheikh, is on our WhatsApp number. And these are questions in which we have dealt with prior before this. However, here the question that is that came through, and you can still send that through to our SMS number as well as our WhatsApp number, inshallah. But uh, Sheikh, here's a question that says, Assalamu alaikum. If I can't afford to slaughter a sheep, but can only give a part of it, they say, Sons of a Muslim hands, we can donate a share. Do they call our names as well? Shukran, Sheikh. Shukran, Jazakallah khair, Barakallah fikum. I think the question is a very relevant question because somewhat we have an understanding of the word share that needs to be clarified. When, when a person feels he doesn't have enough money to slaughter a sheep, but wishes to be able to slaughter, and he can go to some place and says, I can give a portion of that to be able to see how much can you slaughter, hoping that Allah will accept from me, that could be one way. Um, I would encourage the fact that if you cannot slaughter yourself, but you have an extended family and you get the family together and say to them, the strongest sunnah on the day of Eid is to be able to slaughter. So if I cannot, I, I don't have enough because the total is too much for me to be able to slaughter one sheep for myself or for my family. Can we of the extended family come together and we have the slaughtering at my house or at somebody's house and we ask Allah to accept on behalf of all of us? Is that possible? Then that would be strongly recommended better than having to say I'm giving the money to somebody who's going to give some 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 portion for that. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm actually bringing the, the, the hadith alive in the family. I'm making them aware of the importance of slaughtering and I'm actually bringing alive the sunnah, the greatest sunnah on the day of Eid is to be able to slaughter in the words of our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So I'm actually bringing them together to give something towards it. But inshallah, Allah is also going to allow them to be able to benefit. And most probably they can carry on a message after the day when you are not there no more. So they are looking at something which they want to because this is what's the greatest ibadah. They want to glorify Allah on those days which the Nabi Sallallahu has showed us that we should do that. Um, in a hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he showed us the extent of how we should go or what we probably could do. Because... It is a sunnah that we need to revive and we need to bring back to our communities and bring, make it alive, the, the issue of, 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 of slaughtering. And many a people look at it through the, the eyes of, of saying, Yama ikikani of ikayeti. And we don't think of the, the, the small amounts. So if, if a few people in an, in, an, in an area, they come together, example, I want to use the example that's examples that I have experienced with what happened um, whilst being at certain times at certain masajid I found that um, the people of the area said they haven't slaughtered in that area because they can't afford they are all poor so it was suggested with them can't we um, uh, uh, sort of bring alive this sunnah by us the poor people in this area and ask Allah to put barakah into all of us with the little we have. Can we use it by having to slaughter a sheep for this year and hope Allah to put barakah in our communities? 
and bring positivity into us. And so the people of the area, they came and they brought whatever they could. And everything was taken and uh, out of that, they the, that 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 was taken and the people uh, was t they had to buy a sheep and they bought one sheep to be able to slaughter that year for Eid and after the Eid Salah, the people were all invited to be able to attend the slaughtering at the masjid, because nobody was going to slaughter at their homes at that moment and time, and then they had a slaughtering of a sheep that year, and they invited the, the all the males to come after the Salah. For Eid to go there and witness it and beg Allah to accept from whatever they have put together. And everybody didn't give the same amount. Those days it wasn't all that much, but the area is area that, 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 that is, doesn't have so much and people cannot afford to slaughter themselves. But they brought slaughtering alive in their area. And subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Allah granted them that here to slaughter one sheep. The next year, um, it so happened that because of the fact that they slaughtered, they became part of the people who said, we cannot afford yet to slaughter a sheep per family in this area. We don't have the totals as yet. What can we do? And then the people said, let us put together what we can and see what we can do this year. And when they put all their monies together and whatever that was put together, whoever could give of the various homes of every Muslim home that added to it, that year, the second year, they slaughtered three sheep. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Allahu Akbar. Which shows us, Allah Ta'ala has put barakah into the fact that they've slaughtered the year prior and now they've put it together and the year after that they had seven sheep. It was so wonderful. Allahu Akbar. And this is this is this happens in one area. What if we do this in many more areas? But allow me to take you to a hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam slaughtered sheep on Arafah the day. And amongst the sheep, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam slaughtered one sheep. And he said, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam addressed Allah and begged of Allah, Oh Allah, I beg thee, please accept this one from those people of my ummah that will never ever be able to slaughter that will never have enough to even pot put together to slaughter granted that this one that I slaughter here on behalf of those people of my ummah that will never have the ability so it shows us if we put in our efforts together we can also do that of having to do the process collectively inshallah from the angle of the person asking the question by saying uh, they says that it shares the word share they refer to here to is one full sheep is a share one share refer to the one sheep be one share that you slaughter one share on behalf of one person if you slaughter a camel or you slaughter a a a, a, a cow then you there in is seven shares of the value of seven sheep to be slaughtered in that which you get out of a camel or out of a a a, a cow or a bull so that is what refers to the issue of the word shares here
Shukran Jazakallah Shukran so much Sheikh However I think that we'll have to leave all the other questions For next week Monday Seeing that we need to cross over at about 52 And this now brings us to the end of our program Inshallah So we are going to be handing over to Sheikh To do the closing dua For all of those who have sent through your questions Apologies We have just a few time constraints uh, In terms of the program However we will be addressing it on Monday Inshallah That is uh, when we are going to be doing our Madrasa on A program Same time, same place أيها الشيخ تفضل بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي حصر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواسوا بالحق وتواسوا بالصبر وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والحمد لله رب العالمين والحمد لله رب العالمين and that now concludes our Madrasan A program from myself Yasmina Peterson along with everyone on board we bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and have a great day further